A horn sounded from the tower over the traveler's gate, causing wagons and carts to quickly scramble off the roads. Four horsemen of the city guard poured through the stone gateway as morning light gathered just below the eastern horizon. Without hesitation, they turned onto the westward road to Port Town and spurred their horses to a trot. They had only gone about a mile when the lead horseman raised his hand and all four quickly came to a halt beside a huge old oak tree. You there in the woods, he yelled. Show yourself and give good account. A few seconds later, a large and stocky brown-haired lad of about 14 years came out, yawning and stretching. Sorry, sir, just catching some sleep before market opens. Why should I not think you a runaway slave? The guard challenged. Boro swallowed. Um, would a slave have a money pouch with copper and silver pieces? The guard frowned. Show me your silver. With shaking hands, Boro pulled the pouch from his cloak pocket and fished inside. He felt the great gold piece but avoided it as he pulled out an assortment of small coins for the guard to see. I'm supposed to buy supplies, but... Um, what of my service is yours for guarding the kingdom well? He picked out a shiny coin and offered it up to the guard. The lead horseman nodded to one of the others who snatched the coin. Don't be caught lurking around in the trees again. Yes, sir. All four guards set spurs to their horses' flanks and were gone as quickly as they had come. Boro stood beside the road, trying to master the trembling in his legs as Alika and the other eight students, still in sopping wet clothes, gathered around him. Shaggy, black-haired Kibby squeezed his shoulder. Good thinking! You were great! Young but stocky Sata said with admiration, wrapping her strong arms around him for a moment. Miko, holding hands with Nettie, looked at Boro with intense dark eyes and mumbled words of appreciation. Nettie, pretty even in wet, muddy travel clothes, sensed a hint of jealousy in her beloved. Tolly, with clumsy words and fidgeting hands, and 14-year-old Buna with her twisted grin, added their thanks while standing as far apart as possible. Slender, quiet Rennie just smiled at his friend and continued shivering. Last to arrive, 13-year-old Maddie leaned on her crutch. I think it was actually me they saw, she said with a guilty tone through chattering teeth. It doesn't matter, their teacher Elika said, his fair hair catching the morning light. We're on this journey together, and a problem for any of us is a problem for all. That's what I was thinking, Boro said. We just got out of those wet, slimy tunnels under the walls. We don't need to go to the dungeon, or worse. Back to the slave market. Everyone chuckled and nodded. That wouldn't have happened, Elika said with a reassuring voice and a slight smile, his right hand touching the wide metal bracelet on his left arm. As the guards were long gone and the road remained empty, Elika and his nine students looked up at the giant oak tree once more. You were right, Maddie, Elika said in a calm voice. It does look strong and almost wise. A tree that size is hundreds of years old. Maddie shivered. Really? That's older than people live. Yes, and I've heard there's a tortoise in warmer parts of the world that lives four or five hundred years. What's a tortoise? Boro asked, fumbling with the strange word. 
a turtle about four feet long. You can ride them, if they let you. Sata's eyes grew wide with wonder. That's huge! Can we get them instead of horses? Ilika laughed. <laughs> I'm afraid you die of old age trying to get somewhere on a tortoise. I've seen worms that can go faster. While the others talked, 16-year-old Miko and slightly younger Nettie began looking for the trail. The healer had promised it would be near the old oak tree. Finally, enough light gathered in the morning sky. Shacks this way, Miko announced. The rest gladly followed. A faint trail wound through the trees and underbrush, giving the impression it went nowhere and was not worth exploring.